Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of SI Tells All. As you can tell, the host for this podcast episode is different. My name is Ko Ying. I am the assistant coordinator for SI. And today I am here to interview the one and only Nancy Rosales. So, Nancy, thank you for giving us the platform to interview you so the rest of us can get to know more about you and your story. Mm -hmm. We'll go ahead and allow you a few minutes to introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Nancy Rosales. I am the SI specialist and host of SI Tells All. So this is definitely a little strange for me. I have been working with SI for, in October, it would be three years. I started off as an SI graduate advisor. So that's very similar to an SI mentor role, um, but a little bit different. Uh, because I started off as a rotational internship with SupportNet and was able to then start working a couple, I think it was like 20 hours that I was volunteering with SI. Um, that's where I first was introduced to SI. I wish I would have known about it as a student, but that just wasn't the case. Uh, I really fell in love with SI and getting to really understand the impact that it can have. And I ended up being able to really find my place here in this program. And here I am today. I I really love the work that I do uh, in SI. It doesn't feel like work. And I think that's, well, sometimes it does. But but I think that's one of the most rewarding things is like enjoying what you do so much that it doesn't always feel like work. Yeah, I, I, I think as far as like a little bit about me outside of SI, I am the first in my family to go to college. I got my bachelor's in sociology with a minor in psychology I got my master's in student affairs and college counseling. I'm a big Dodgers fan. I'm a Lakers fan. Not really big on football, so I don't have a team for that. I enjoy being outdoors, but if it's really hot, then like it's not ideal for me. I would like to travel more. Um, if like I if we had more time off, that'd be awesome. But that's <laughs> not always in our favor in terms of traveling. Yeah, I don't know what else. I'm stumbling upon this question just as everyone hey, else I does. think what you've provided uh, has given us a lot to learn about you. Uh, you definitely have a history with SI. You started in mm-hmm. spring 2017. Mm-hmm. I remember that semester. That was my first semester going solo coordinating SI. Therefore, I remember exactly who was on my support team and really helping mm-hmm. me guide the program during that semester. Uh, and you talked a little about your major as an undergrad. Uh, I myself am a first-generation student, too. Therefore, I resonate with you a lot on that. And I think even the majors that you selected uh, very differ from where you are at today with SI. Uh, there's not a major on SI, but if there was, I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd be the creator of it. Uh, but I think something in common that you have with your majors as an undergrad is um, it involves people. And then Mm -hmm. here you are today helping people. So uh, very different arenas. However, they're connected by your need and desire to serve others. So since you've given us a little bit about your educational background, your personal background, uh, Nancy, share with us your story in SI. Mm -hmm. My story in SI. Okay. Well, like I said earlier, um, I really just fell in love with SI and what I saw that it could do for students. I think if I 
knew about SI as a student, I maybe wouldn't have questioned a lot of my abilities as a student. But initially, I wasn't even sure I was going to go to college. I didn't think it would be a good fit for me. And then I went to Fresno State, which I was really on my own. Like I knew a couple of friends that had gone to Fresno State, but I was, um, I wouldn't say that they were like my closest friends to the point where I was like, you know, always like on daily communication with them. More so maybe like people from the same town and things like that. But I was able to really kind of focus on school. And I think being able to kind of have that as my primary focus allowed me to see that I was capable of getting like A's and, you know, getting good grades and like finding areas of interest, um, which I think just wasn't the case for me before. And so the reason I bring that up is because I think oftentimes students transition to college and, and maybe I think those first that first semester or first and second semester are really critical. Um, and, and they can be a make or to break it. Like if you are not doing well and you're just not kind of adjusting uh, to the rigor of the, you know, university, then you can probably just get to the assumption that, okay, this isn't a good fit for you. Try something else. If students were more aware of a program like SI, then it's not, you know, it's more so just about the study habits that you're using. Um, and so I really believe in SI and I love being in a place where my values can really align with the mission of the program. Um, I think that makes me feel that the work is really purposeful and intentional and I can see the way it impacts students. So when I was, you know, a graduate advisor, I was like, I originally thought I was going to go into a, like a counseling position. I thought, you know what, I'm going to be an EOP counselor. Uh, I got a lot of love for EOP uh, population as well, or some kind of academic advisor but it really comes with exposure. And so being able to kind of spend some time or a semester with SI and um, seeing like, oh, just because it's not directly counseling, which is what, you know, the program was more so designed for, that didn't mean that I couldn't do this as well with that degree. And essentially, I guess, steering away from the college counseling and going more into like the student affairs piece. And even then, SI still blends them both beautifully. A position opened up in the yeah, <laughs> summer of 2017. How was um, the summer? It was honest. I'll never forget that summer. It was the best and the worst summer, honestly, all in one. And so I felt like that summer I was working as a resident advisor with the Summer Bridge program, which I feel like was such a pivotal moment in like really getting to shape my leadership style. It definitely was such a rough summer, but I, I definitely came out a different person um, from that summer. And so Balancing that while at the time I had already submitted my application for the SI specialist position, which is brand new. And I remember just not hearing back. And um, after time, you just like kind of let that sink in a bit. And so um, initially, I didn't make it past the first round, which was really devastating. Like, I definitely shed tears over that. And most people would say, like, well, it's just a position you can apply elsewhere. But um, I think for me, like my heart was just set on SI and I knew that even if it wasn't Fresno State, it would, I would have an interest for SI somewhere else. Um, but I think, of course, you want that ideal scenario. And like you, I think for me, it was, you know, being able to work with the program that showed me SI in the first place and really um, made me fall in love with, with the program and the bigger picture beyond, you know, just here's a session, here's office hours, things like that. Um, but seeing that impact. And so for me, it was, I not, not only did I want to work in SI, I wanted to work with the program that um, essentially was my introduction to that world. And it just wasn't in my favor. And, you know, all because of a technicality of the way that 
um, the position was kind of structured and the requirements and, you know, the, I didn't necessarily have the years of professional experience. And um, even though I had experience with interning and doing all these other positions as a student that didn't necessarily meet the mark for what they were expected of the position. And so I was devastated and kind of reality was sitting in that like, okay, well, after this semester, which that fall of 2017 would have been my last in the graduate program. So it's like, okay, well, now, you know, you're going to kind of have to branch out and look elsewhere. Um, And obviously there's only one program at Fresno State. So now you have to consider um, other CSUs, things like that. Flash forward that position, I think it was September my coup had reached out. And so at the time I was working, I was still working with SI. And then I was also working with kind of like an equivalent SI program at Fresno City. So I was kind of dipping my toes in both places. So I was working with their ETC program for, I think it was, yeah, I was starting off my first semester there. And my coup had approached and offered me a temporary position. Um, So she had pretty much broke down that, you know, this uh, position is temporary, it will reopen. And then um, if that's the case, then you can reapply. And, but that position is pretty much up for grabs because it's not just me applying. It's it's open again. Um, so the first time it was a failed search. It w- yeah. And so, um, of course, that summer I was devastated because there was no way for me to predict that that was going to be the outcome, mm-hmm. um, that it would that I'd have another opportunity to apply for the position. So, wow, that summer about the stars aligning. <laughs> yeah, you were manifesting it through those immense long nights of crying and just being so devastated. Yeah. And so I was able to start the position in October of 2017 under a temporary position. And then April of 2018 is when I was able to secure that position again. But that was such a weird experience to also like be in the position, um, working and and knowing that, you know, it's going to be posted again. And I remember everyone just asking me like, isn't that, you know, mm-hmm. um, isn't that isn't weird? That Yeah. yeah. And so I think it was also a a strange period of time because I didn't want that to impact the way that I was working. But it also definitely was something that was in the back of my mind, because, you know, especially when we would talk about um, changes or things that you want to see in the program, you don't know how far to plan out. Mm -hmm. Um, So like by then it could have been the end of my time with SI or or what, if I was going to continue. And so because of the experience in the temporary position, I felt so much more confident going into that second interview and just knowing that I'm doing the work already. I can um, explain it even better than I would have been able to had, had I gotten an interview that summer. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that things happen for a reason. I wouldn't change anything from that experience because, and you know, like you said, the stars aligned and I think timing was everything. Um, I don't think I would have been as equipped had it worked out that summer. It would have been nice, but mm-hmm. but I think there's there was blessings in disguise from that devastating summer as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you not um, passing that first time around and now being actively in the position, you appreciate right. the position itself even more because you, you know, yeah, you your heart was broken the first time you found out that you didn't yeah. get interview and then the second time you know you secured it based on your own accolades and merit mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's the most fulfilling feeling ever yeah um, when, I'm sure when you get that HR call yeah and honestly I remember that HR call I remember we were in a staff meeting and I had to step out and take that call and it was I was just anticipating that call and you know um, obviously you know there's that Fresno City 
So just seeing that on my phone, I think after that phone call, I just remember feeling like just a huge sense of relief. And like I said, you know, in the back of my mind, that like temporary thing was still always there, mm-hmm. um, whether I wanted to acknowledge it or not. And so I think by the time like knowing like, OK, like the position was offered, I had accepted. There's nothing holding me back anymore. You know, like I'm here. I'm here to stay. I can really wholeheartedly invest myself in the future of this program. And and honestly, I think the biggest sense of relief, too, is like I'm, I'm being straightforward. The interim was holding a lot of people back, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that they saw me as a part of the learning center team and um, not like I said, it didn't just impact the way I planned for the future, but I think the way that other individuals also planned for the future of um, whether it was SI or the learning center. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was also just a really just a huge relief to know that like no one else had that over me anymore as well right wow thank you for that statement I think in terms of uncertainty support can look really different from those around you so I appreciate yeah. you making the comment uh, so something you mentioned was you know um, in the interim position I'm sure you had aspirations for what you wanted to do however you know like you mentioned you weren't sure if this is going to become your permanent position because you were literally interviewing for your position therefore Mm -hmm. um, you know you're definitely someone who you know you don't want to start something not be able to finish it or see it through so you know that was about two and a half years ago here we are today 2020 thriving through a global pandemic and you are still with us I Bring your hopes and dreams and visions to life. So Mm -hmm. why don't we transition and talk about what are those aspirations that you mentioned in your interview about something that you wanted to build and work on. Uh, If you all know Nancy, and if you're learning more about Nancy, you will soon learn her pride and joy resides very closely with the SI mentor team. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, that was one of her goals that she wanted to work on and embark and really transform given the opportunity to serve as our SI specialist. So two and a half years later, uh, as someone who works closely with you, I've seen it transform literally in the past two years, see your hard work and efforts uh, be poured into this great initiative and really make it into something very meaningful and impactful for the SI program. So Nancy, tell us more about what the process has been like building a team of strong, dedicated and thriving mentors. Well, I'm not a patient person. um, So I think for me, if I want to work on something, I like to see immediate results. Um, And that was one of the hard lessons learned, but I also really appreciate from, from the mentor team. I think that, project in itself just showed me that I have to look at it kind of on a semester by semester basis and um, I won't be able to always see the immediate results but for me finding the just the little moments of progress are really rewarding Um, so I think when I look back to when I first was introduced to the idea of the mentor team not that there was anything intentionally done but I think everyone was so focused on the growth of SI leaders Um, and I think that everyone was just so focused on that, that we lost sight of the mentor team and their own growth because they're still students. Their development is just as important. The better equipped mentors that we have, the stronger leaders we can build. Looking at their their strengths as well, um, the team that I first got introduced with was um, Christian, Ben, Sarah, Stephanie, and David. Um, but I didn't really get to see the entirety of what the mentor team had done yet until it came to uh, Christian, Peter, Stephanie, and Sarah. And so I feel like that group was 
was I was really able to observe what they did, um, how intentional they were, and and see the way that they can impact SI leaders. And so semesters uh, go by and you start, you know, some of these kids start leaving and you start bringing in new mentors and you start to see that um, it's not something that you're like, hey, co, you're a mentor tomorrow and here's here's your group of kids and you go and do your thing. And and that's almost like kind of what it was. It was, here's your assigned leaders and, and you mm-hmm. assume that you were a great SI leader, so you're going to make a great SI mentor. Um, and then finding out that that wasn't the case. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it was, it wasn't anything that the mentors were doing wrong. It was, it was something that the program was doing wrong because it didn't properly prepare them or train them for their role. And so it's been a long journey, but one of the best things for me to watch, I would say that I evaluate a lot of my, I guess, like performance based off the mentor team, because I really do feel like they're the best of what this team has to offer. Um, and when I say that, it's not to discredit anything that SI leaders are doing, but I think the mentors are, are a representation of essentially where we would want all our SI leaders to be. Not that they have to become SI mentors, but individuals who can self-identify, who are not only going to work on goals when they're in a meeting with you talking about it, but you know that they're still working towards those goals and when they're on their own and, and they're a little bit more uh, accountable for their own growth. And um, And I think getting to see people get to a point of self-identification, self-accountability. That is something that I want all SI leaders to get to. And I think because our mentors are a reflection of that, that's why I, I say, I find myself saying that a lot is they really um, are able to, to be the best of what this program has to offer. Um, and they really are such a strong team. Like I myself would say that I look back and in part, I really just advocated for their kind of training and, skills and changing up some of the things that they can add on in their own development. But I think what each of them individually brings to the table and the way that they connect with each other and support each other, that that's all of them. I look back like a proud mom um, because that's, that's them going above and beyond. And that's just how invested they are in the bigger picture of SI as well. And there's still definitely areas of improvement, but I feel really proud of where the team is right now. And I always find it really fulfilling for myself to look back that, like you said, that was one of my goals in the beginning in my interview and, you know, it was was listed on my portfolio. And so I think, you know, like I said, when work doesn't feel like work, those three goals are still very much um, consistent with the work that I've been doing these past two and a half years with SI. And so I think that's what keeps me really motivated in what I do. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I think anytime you speak upon the mentor team, um, we can feel the sincere joy and pride that you have. Um, because no, you know, and it's not just about you investing your own time and effort to make this team what it is today, but to see these mentors really grow and transform from SI leader to SI mentor. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new different skill set. I think the misconception is that you're great SI leaders. Therefore, you will have the same great skills that will be transferable. Mm-hmm. However, it, the position is elevated. It takes a new skill set because, uh, you know, um, you're used to facilitating for sessions and now you're facilitating for SI leaders. You're assisting in the supervision. All of that requires right. deliver feedback. Exactly. So different knowledge and skills. Therefore, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, 
just to switch things up a little bit, I mentioned earlier, we are thriving uh, in a global pandemic. So I like to hear from you, what are a few things you have embarked on during the pandemic? Things that maybe uh, you probably wouldn't have been able to really embark on had it not been for us working remotely, um, you know, shelter in place. Mm -hmm. With us, what's been going on? During the pandemic, I did a lot of home renovations, um, which was tedious, but it was really cool. I I was able to renovate my restroom. Uh, I was able to renovate my sisters, painted the hallway, painted the dining, the living room, the kitchen, removed some things around. So it was a lot of work and it probably took maybe two weeks to do all that. I learned how to like stay in a cabinet, how to stay in a bench, you know, bench. I know I learned how to install uh well we had a sprinkler system but essentially changing up the the sprinkler so I learned how that is installed and there's definitely a lot of work which was really I'm, I'm such a learner that I like love knowing how to do things and I think initially I would have written all these things off like oh yeah no I'm just gonna hire someone but then it's really not that hard it just takes time and I have time um you know with without having to commute because I mean I live in Delano and so commuting an hour and a half to work and an hour and a half back that's three hours of my day that I'm essentially getting back mm-hmm. um, right now we're currently in summer hours so we're off by three thirty, which is nice because there's a lot of time I'd say lately I've been going on walks I've been able to read a lot more which has been really awesome because there's a lot of books that were like on my wish list and kind of like mm-hmm. oh I want to get to reading these um, and and now I have the time to do that Mm-hmm. Um, caught up on watching Westworld. Uh, oh, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Cristal who recommended that show. Uh, she always has really good recommendations when it comes to TV or food. Mm-hmm. Um, started this podcast again. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I've really been on this hunt for a bike. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and 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 Co makes a face when I say that because I've been on on this like bike search for over a month now and just because of COVID-19, like it's not easy to find. And mm-hmm. um, I would, I would, I'm looking forward to when I can get my bike. Cause I'd like to go for like evening bike rides and um, things like that. There, Yeah. Um, this lifelong search or what it feels like has been a lifelong search. Yeah. A bike has definitely been quite the journey, um, but I'm very confident the right one is on its way. Okay, look at you, keeping busy, renovating your home, reading some more, catching up on shows, and restarting some of your past interests, such as the podcast. Very happy to hear that. Look at you being so productive. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, let me go ahead and transition and start to wrap up this wonderful podcast episode. And the last thing that I want to know, in addition to what I think our viewers will highly want to know, is um, given your history in SI and all the work that you've put forth, uh, as someone who has witnessed your transformational growth, I always like to think that, you know, everything you touch becomes a product of success. (laughs) Therefore, uh, I, I would like to know, what is the legacy you wish to leave behind in SI? Honestly, I feel like you'd probably get a different response from me each day if you asked me this question. But I'd say some of the things that I would, I'd say overall what I would want my legacy to be is 
I guess some of the things that I've emulated is what I would want it to be. Um, so for example, one question, everything. Um, I think if we don't question the processes behind everything that you're doing, for example, if you just plan a session and you're not questioning why you put that there, like in the warm up or session or closing, I think that's the mindset I really like to take into training agendas and, you know, policies. And honestly, we do that a lot. Um, we look back at this guide, like, wait, why did we decide this and things like that? So I think change comes when you are able to ask those questions that are really necessary. And so I, I'd say question everything and, and be, and I think that helps you be a lot more intentional and purposeful with what you're doing. Um, I, I really like, knowing the why behind everything that we're doing and being able to explain that. And I feel like when you have a solid why, um, everything else will follow. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'd say that's like part one of my answer. Um, part two would be to really, it, it really use the voice that you have, uh, whether you're an SI leader, an SI mentor or pro staff, you know, whoever's, whoever's listening is your, you were selected for a reason, whether that's to be an SI leader for a course, someone felt that you had something to offer. Um, if you were a mentor, you know, an even more selected group and even pro staff, you know, like I, I think because my journey to being in my position was not an easy one, I definitely don't take it for granted. And oftentimes when you're new into a role, you feel like, oh, you don't want to be the, like, you're the new one. What do you know? You know, your contributions may not mean much, but um, I think once you find your voice and, and the confidence in that, there's a lot more power that comes behind it. And so really advocating for yourself, um, the needs of others that you observe. And uh, it really comes down to if you don't use your voice, then no one will know you know your needs. Um, and so I I like to say that, you know, really my position uh, besides the job description, like my my responsibility is to, to directly support our SI leaders and mentors. And and yes, you can look at my position description and it may list all these other, you know, technical things um, that are under my role, but really um, they're the ones in the trenches. And uh, my role is to support them and identify what are the needs, what trainings that they need, um, you know, supplies, things like that. And so really be the voice. And obviously, you know, I can only know so much, but if people are able to communicate, um, then we know even more. And so I really want individuals to use your voice. You're, you're in your position for a reason. You're in SI for a reason. And if you don't use it, then you're taking up the position of someone who potentially would use their voice. Um, and so um, that keeps me grounded in making sure that I communicate what I need to. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of legacies I want to leave behind. <laughs> Um, things I heard from your response, um, one is intentionality. Second is purpose, knowing the why, knowing your why and knowing the why of everything that we do and contributions and making sure that you're using your voice. Yeah, I'd say a lot of that just stems from that. And sometimes it can be intimidating when you're the one, maybe it seems like you're the odd one out in terms of, uh, the lens that you have or the contributions. Um, but that shouldn't be a reason to not voice them. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to be bold. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Nancy, it's been so amazing to sit here and talk with you and really hear a lot of uh, things that you have to share to us regarding your story, your pride and joy in the work that you do with SI, uh, what you've been doing during the pandemic, and the kind of legacy you want to leave behind. So I appreciate your time and allowing us to know a little bit more about you. Is there anything else you want to share before we go ahead and conclude? I guess my advice that I'd like to share is you get what you put into it. And that is in the, you know, especially in SI, you, um, as an SI leader, if you're only coming into because this is a paycheck and, you know, like you're doing it to get by, pay the bills, whatever, that may be the case for some of you, but that's all it will ever be. Uh, If you're invested in really pushing the bigger picture of SI and building independent learners, I say we're in the business of building habits. and so. If you're really invested in that and you're intentional and purposeful, then you're going to see those results. Um, and you're, if you're invested in working on areas that maybe are a little bit challenging for you, you're going to see that growth. But if you're not, you also can't expect much in return. You know, if you, if you want to see a transformation within your own skills and abilities, it, you're only going to get there if you're actually willing to commit to those goals. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get what you put into it. Um, and I think that just goes into anything in life, really. You know, have an open mind, really maximize your resources. We have a phenomenal team from returning SI leaders to SI mentors to pro staff. And so everyone here is um, really invested in your growth. And I don't see why you wouldn't maximize those resources. And I'd hate for individuals to be like me and, and get to the point where it's too late to use those. And you realize that, you know, you could have really maximized them. Um, so I guess that would kind of be like my last advice. And um, you know, I'm, I try to make myself as accessible to everyone. Um, so I really don't, you know, yes, I am pro staff, but really like, I, I want everyone to just feel comfortable, um, asking questions, um, asking for help, uh, even if it is, um, something that seems silly to you. Um, like, like I said, my, my main job is really to support you guys in, in your role. So, um, don't ever feel like you're like pestering or, asking too many questions and things like that. Um, That's my job. That's what I'm here for. All right. There you have it. Thank you for those uh, words of wisdom to share with our team. So, you know, we are at the end of our podcast. As some would say, all press is good press. So thank you for sharing your story with us, Nancy. Uh, I deeply appreciate being the host of your episode and really getting to get you to share with us everything we uh, should know about what makes you so incredibly special and such an asset <laughs> to this team. So uh, on behalf of the SI team, thank you for giving me the honor to um, host this podcast episode. Oh, no, you're good. Thank you for hosting it. So there you have it, folks. Another episode of SI Tells All featuring our one and only Nancy Rosales. 